the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous, and we see practically every day or every hour the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office, the private citizen. If you want to keep a free country, free, fair elections, honest elections, little things like that. Uh, year end is kind of a time often to reflect on the previous year as well as Look forward into the new year, and sometimes people make resolutions. Uh, even less frequently, people carry out their resolutions. But you, but uh, there are more there are more resolutions made than that. There are more resolutions made than there are than there are kept. So politically, here um, for our this is our New Year's Eve show, and on the podcast, uh, whenever on AM five ninety theanswer.com, available anytime. Um, I invited three people, all of whom exemplify the motto of our show, the, the most important political office is that of the private citizen, based on the Justice Louis Brandeis quote. And uh, we're, welcome back to the show, Candy Olson. Uh, she is a wife, mother, homeschoolers or children, a patriot activist. She is a, a nurse. She's a uh, the Redlands leader for the San Bernardino County Patriots. And in the previous election, she managed two local campaigns, one Tom Berg for city council and another Aaron Stepien for school board. They were not successful, but uh, did, did a really great professional job, the kind that uh, you know, other candidates would pay a lot of money for to have that kind of quality of, of, of political leadership. <clears throat> We also welcome back to the show Eric Stalter from Ukaipa, and he is a he's the founder of the Liberty Lab, where they do very controversial things such as uh, hold biweekly car parades with the American flag. They try to be non-controversial and promote patriotism. And of course, these days, patriotism is highly controversial. He also founded the Civil Review Board in Yukaipa, where they try to organize parents into keeping track of and influencing and controlling their school boards, both politics at a local level. And I think for the first time on the show, Deborah Pauly from Orange County, uh, she is uh, she just recently went to law school and uh, and passed law school at Trinity Law School. Um, you always hate to see a good patriot go bad like that and become a lawyer, but you know, things happen. Uh, she's, I, 
for as long as I've been involved in politics, she's been a conservative leader in, in Orange County with various groups, including the Republican women. She is now the president of the conservative Patriots of Orange County. She was a two-term city council member in, I'm looking at your bio, the city of Via Park. And uh, yeah, great speaker. And we welcome all of you to the show and uh, happy new year to all. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Wonderful to be here with everyone, Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if you say that at the end of the show. Uh, you're not. You're not going <laughs> to. I know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's 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 start. With, you know, everyone was everyone was pr- announcing the red wave, <laughs> the red tsunami that was going to sweep the country. And you look at <laughs> you look at the, the circumstances. You know, normally the party in the White House. Yeah, since the founding of the country, I think the average loss in the House is 26 seats and two or three seats in the Senate. You had the open border, highest inflation in 40 years, rising crime. The wrong track, right track was roughly uh, people about 25 percent or so were on the uh, the country was, was on the right track and 65 to 70 percent saying the country was on the wrong track. So all of these factors, and you look at the rating services of Cooks, um, Sabato, and there's one other I'm drawing a blank on, were forecasting large Republican gains. The Even Democrat pundits were anticipating large Republican gains. And it didn't happen. So let's start there. What, and we'll, I'll sort of go around the, around the, uh, the table here, or the figurative table. Um, Candy, what happened with what happened to the red wave? Well, you mean locally or in nationally? Nationally. <clears throat> nationally. I think a lot of it was um, the things that they threw out towards the end there, like abortion. That was that changed a lot. And I think a lot of people felt that, um, well, we have to we have to say pre- preserve our rights for these types of things. And um, despite not liking the inflation, the economy, the, all of this, the things that the Americans are unhappy about. Um, we've got to keep the Democrats and, you know, we've got, just got to vote for them, whether you like them or not. I think that they threw that right out there, right towards the end, right near the election. And I, I think it, it made a lot of people vote blue, even though they may not necessarily like what's going on. They, they feel very fired up about the abortion issue and it's very threatening to people and their livelihoods. They want their abortions. So um, the thought that, whether it was misinformation or exaggerative, you know, that's like the Republicans want to completely ban all abortions from day zero to, you know, to term um, when that's not even what was happening. But, you know, that was a threat that I think scared a lot of people. I think it made a lot of people vote blue. I just, because I felt that headed into that with all of the memories of the lockdowns that hurt a lot of liberal industries too, like the restaurant industry, um, a lot of the Hollywood industry, um, entertainment industries are very, um, they're very leftist usually, and they were hurt very bad during the lockdowns, but all of those memories just faded out into nowhere. Once you threaten someone like you're going to take away their abortion rights. Okay. Eric, what are your thoughts? I think um, I think we were misinformed again. I, I I don't know why we keep going to red wave, blue wave, you know, all of this other sort of talk. Um, 
a red wave is is not a we the people wave and that's what we need is a we the people wave we need to be educating people we need to be engaging with other people we need to be informing other people about what is going on in the government that's corrupt republicans that's corrupt democrats that's corrupt government officials that are doing their thing and stealing power from us so I don't I don't give red wave much um value or 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 merit I don't I because it's 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 the participation of the people we need and then when we get that we can get we can we can get that people wave and the red's going to have to follow us that's really my opinion of the whole thing I don't know how I could elaborate on that any further Deborah I I kind of see it similarly to Eric. I will just say that I tend to stay and play in my backyard. I think that's really important where we focus, where we could actually have the greatest change, although you can see it at all levels of the Republican Party. When you're talking red wave, you're talking Republican wave, right? Uh, So at at least in Orange County, I can speak for Orange County, there is a huge civil war within the Republican Party. I believe there's also a civil war within the Republican Party at the California level and at the RNC level. So I think part of that is a house divided against itself cannot stand. We will never, ever succeed at the levels that we seek to succeed while we are still fighting amongst ourselves. That is establishment swamp dwellers uh, thrusting upon us their chosen candidates, chosen maybe not for the right reasons. And then you've got your grassroots uh, um, electorate being pretty much ignored and uh, taken pretty much for granted for a very long time, that's really not happening as much as it used to. One of the great successes that occurred in Orange County was in Huntington Beach. Since we're, uh, CPOC is an Orange County-wide organization, we have people kind of everywhere. And I'm sure you probably know uh, Carrie Swan, Greg, I would think you would. But uh, she's a great patriot leader. And the conservatives within Huntington Beach basically told the Republican Party, stay out of our city council race. You stay out of it. We will select our candidates and we will put them forward and they will win. And that's what happened. It was a very, very um, broad field. There were 13, 15 candidates for city council and all four of their candidates, the grassroots chosen candidates. And then the establishment got on board with them. They said, "Okay, fine. They won. And so if we ever see the point where we're um, not divided internally, we will see success. So I believe that that was a large measure of why we didn't experience the success we expected. Those, uh, those, are, those, are, those are all good factors. I think there's still the, and the, uh, neither, none of you mentioned the election integrity. Is the system, they're still widespread in almost every state, if not mm-hmm. every state has some kind of mail-in voting, some more mm-hmm. than others, and that is inherently open to fraud. The voter rolls are subject to manipulation. We had Dr. Douglas Frank come through. I don't know if any of you have heard, mm-hmm. heard him speak. He spoke at our meeting, and he's he spoken in many places, mm-hmm. and he shows how they how they manipulate the voter rolls. Yeah, I mean, are there limits to 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 their vote fraud? Yeah, there are, and uh, we'll talk about uh, a race in Northern California where a uh, Republican ousted a five-term Democrat 
member of the assembly. And, you know, when it was narrow election, even here in, in, in my city, part of my city, there's a city council, not a city council member, a assembly member that just won by 85 votes in a, in a, in a uh, state assembly district. So there are limits, but that's, that is still out there. And we see now how the deep state has been manipulating and, and with the, working with the big dem tech companies to censor Americans. Google. By controlling the searches, Dr. Robert Epstein has shown by that they, they, Google can turn undecided voters 90-10 by, by how they manipulate the search folks. There's, there's a lot more going on than all the factors I think that, that you guys just mentioned. Um, I know you're all itching to jump back in on this, but we're going to hear from our sponsor before you do, and that is Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased this uh, New Year's Eve show to uh, have three great patriot leaders who exemplify the model of this show. Uh, Candy Olson with the San Bernardino County Patriots here in Redlands and Eric Stalter with the Liberty Lap and the Civil Review Board in Yucaipa, and Deborah Polly with the Conservative Patriots of Orange County. We were trying to figure out what the heck happened to that uh, red wave that was promised, and for a variety of reasons, uh, didn't materialize. Looking at California, that was certainly, I don't know if we expected a red wave in California, but the results were a little bit interesting. You look at all the statewide races, and the Democrat won, I, most of them or all of them, between 55 and 60 percent of the vote. The, in the legislature, the Republicans lost one assembly member from 19 down to 18, and in the state Senate, from 9 down to 8. But they, because of quirks of redistricting and very, and it's a very, very narrow election, the Republicans actually picked up one congressional seat. One House seat here in California. Locally, um, Deborah was talking about in Huntington Beach. They did they they did well in the, the Myriad of Temecula area in the Inland Empire. Pastor Tim Thompson formed a PAC, i.e., family PAC, to back conservative and Christian school board members, and they won five out of seven races in their area, including taking control of the Temecula school board. 
Um, in Chino, they, uh, they told me that they uh, w- had picked up two more seats and now control the Chino school board four to one. So locally, there are some there are there are some successes. And part of your assigned homework was to read an article by Ed Ring on the uh, California Globe, a great source for California news, in which a Republican by the name of Josh Hoover defeated five-time incumbent Ken Cooley, Democrat, in a redrawn 7th Assembly District. That's about north, kind of northeast of Sacramento. And even though he was outspent by $4.8 million to $1.7 million, he scratched out an eight-tenth of a percent victory in that race through grassroots. And he had more people out there, volunteers, Every weekend, for a longer time, knocking on doors, and that was able to overcome the Cooley's advantage in money and direct mailers and so on. What do you guys think of that race, and how how applicable is that race to to others? Uh, Candy. Yeah, ideally, uh, I don't know how many volunteers he had, but. Um... You know, we canvass locally all of our areas once completely and then twice on a couple on a couple um, target areas. But um, I think where we failed locally, um, locally, I, I believe we could have made quite a bit of difference if we had had uh, more actual conversations with the voters. So we have a small amount of uh, canvassers relatively. Um, by the end of the campaign, it had built so much momentum. We had about 65 very strong, active people participating, but that was probably the last three weeks or so. Um, and it gained momentum as we went. And by the end, you know, it's like, well, that the mailers are already been milled out by that time. So I think in the beginning, if we had had such an army, we could have spent more time instead of just dropping flyers at the door. We could have had conversations with the people. Conversations is really what made a difference. And um, we saw that on two examples with our school board candidate, Aaron Stepien. We saw that there was so much hate in the um, in the trans community. They all felt that uh, Aaron Stepien was, had hatred in her heart for gay kids or for trans kids when that never had been said by her. And she doesn't feel that way in the first place, but she had never said anything she had only said that the obscene materials in the schools that should be got, should be done away with, regardless of whether it's trans, gay, straight, whatever it is, sexually explicit material shouldn't be there. Um, so that was the only thing she had commented regarding those issues. And uh, they had took, taken that to think she's a homophobe and a hater. Um, and we had one person actually steal uh, an employee at a particular business, steal her sign out of the window and um, he's a gay employee, and he was very upset because he had heard all of the social media comments about her. And what the owner of the shop did was they got them together, and he sat down with Aaron. They had a conversation, and by the end of the conversation, he was hugging her and crying um, because she's a lovely person, a wonderful person who has nothing but love in her heart for all the kids, the kids that need help, the kids that don't, you know, you all need help in different ways. And um, there's no hatred in her heart, but they didn't see that. And once they sat down and had a conversation with her, he said, I can't believe I had 
I just listened to everything the the social media had said about you, you know, and it was hugging her and crying. So that happened again a different time with the teachers union, uh, some sort of like a representative where all once you sat and you talked with the people, of course, you can't do that with every person. Um, that would be physically impossible, but more speaking with the community. And I've also learned that they're not going to come to you. They are not going to come no matter how many meet and greets you hold and opportunities you hold for people to come and meet your candidate. They're lazy and they're not getting out of their house. You have to come to them. So that is one thing I've, I've learned. It doesn't matter. We held, we held them, you know, on the other side of town, we held them with different um, venues, fancy, um, relaxed venues, this and that easy, easy, free food. Nobody wants to take the time to do it. They, you have to come Andy. to them. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, interrupt your very good thoughts. But let's let's get uh, let's see what Eric and and Deborah have to uh, to say about this race up in in NorCal and how uh, applicable it may be to us going forward in California. Eric, well, to answer the question, I didn't I didn't read the homework. I know a little bit about the the story. Eric, you're going to stay after school. Yeah, I know. I know. But but what I would say is I would I would kind of piggyback on what Candy was just saying, that getting out to the community is very, very important. They I mean, we're dealing with in this area, we're not dealing with four point eight million and one point seven million dollars. So that's a huge factor. I mean, these people are able to send out marketing material on a whim. So so I think we're dealing with two totally different animals from that perspective. However, getting back to how it compares and what we can do, I think I think the ground game is which which is what I was referring to with Candy's statement is is just the ground game very simply is important. And the fact that they had that much money, I'm I'm assuming that they were able to gather up a lot of help and be able to market to people um who can help and then and then improve the ground game. So I do think the ground game is very important. We had two candidates for school board in the Yucaipa Calamesa school district, both of which spent under the allotted $2,000. So they, they relied solely on door knocking to, to manage their campaigns. Now, I think you need more than that. I do. So money is important. Organization is important. Community organization is important. Getting these people out in front of the community on a regular basis so that they're recognized and known when that next election mm-hmm. rolls around. And then you get into the, you know, the personal things. I'm done there. I'm done. All right. Deborah. Well, I did read the article, but I had read it once before. I read it when it first came out because it was of interest to me. Uh, but I reread it like to refresh my memory on why I found it interesting. And, and what really hit me is that some time ago, the GOP uh, kind of abandoned old school retail politics that where you're doing the door to door, you're really hitting people, you know, um, in their, in their homes. And I think Candy spoke to this somewhat, but, um, and then they targeted only Republican voters. And one of the things that really stood out to me in this article is that all voters were gay. Mm-hmm. 
They went for Republicans, no party preference, and Democrats. You have to quit assuming that you cannot win Democrats over. And absolutely, the no party preference or independents, many who are registered American independent, think they're registered independent. They don't recognize that that's actually a party. Those individuals are totally up for grabs. Uh, In Orange County, registration, this will maybe shock you, Greg, because when you and I first met, you know, Orange County was the the uh, premier uh, uh, for conservative Republican muscle in the country. We are now uh, 80,000 registrations below the Democrats in Orange County. In other words, Democrats have 80,000 more registered voters than Republicans in Orange County. And the third largest block of voters are actually those who refuse to identify with any party. So I thought it was really smart that they just target Republicans, which is what Republican the Republican Party here has done, uh, and that's a problem. But they, the fact that they have abandoned old school politics has been a real problem because that's where you win it, the ground game. Uh, I, I don't know if this clock means anything to me. It's run out of time. Yes, yes. The, the clock is our master, and uh, that is the end of this segment. But we'll continue our discussion on the other side of news and traffic. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, And whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans, and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous, or as is written in our FBI file, suspected domestic terrorists. We're pleased to have on the show this week three great patriots who exemplify the model of this show. Candy Olson with the San Bernardino County Patriots, and she managed two campaigns, local campaigns in the last election, in addition to being a wife, mother, homeschooling her children, and being a nurse. 
Uh, Eric Stalter is the founder of the uh, Liberty Lap, which promotes patriotism. Among other things, they do uh, biweekly car rallies with people flying the American flag, something very, very controversial these days. He also founded the Civil Review Board in Yucaipa, where they organized parents to try to influence and control uh, their school boards. And new to the show this week, we have Deborah Pauley. She is the president of the Conservative Patriots of Orange County. She was a former city council member in the city of Villa Park. And she's just been, she's been a great political activist and conservative for as long as I've been involved in politics. We're kicking around what happened in 2022 in the election in California. And we are looking at a race in northern, in the 7th Assembly District near Sacramento, where a Republican won, despite being heavily outspent, and despite having the uh, the district has a 5.6% Democrat registration edge. And something that we talked, one is through a superior ground game. He got more volunteers, and he went to not only the Republicans, he went to every conservative group he can find in his district to try to get volunteers. And, and as such, he was fielding from the summer on every weekend, a hundred volunteers, whereas his five time Democrat, five time Democrat incumbent, Ken Cooley could only muster 50 volunteers, 50 volunteers or paid walkers every weekend. And one of the things they were looking at and looking at all the assembly races that uh, Republicans managed to win this time, and there were a number of them, and probably some of them you know, Deborah, in in, in Orange County, um, where there's a Democrat registration edge, and the Republicans still won, including the the highest one was a guy named Juan Alanis, who I, I have no I, I don't know anything about him, but his district has a seven point seven percent Democrat registration edge, and he still managed to win, so it can be done. If people have, if you're a good candidate, you work hard and you mobilize your volunteers. And as we talked about, some money. So even though he was outspent, he still raised $1.7 million for his assembly race. Uh, We mentioned last half the uh, Pastor Tim Thompson organized IE Family Pack to select conservative and Christian school board members. And they were successful, but they still raised about $250,000 for that. So you, we can't ignore the money while doing the um, doing the doing the door knocking and the, and the grassroots canvassing. All of us, as conservative, and we're going to go with this discussion here. All of us in California range from utter, utterly despising to being heavily disappointed with the California Republican Party. Any disagreement, guys? No. No. All right. <clears throat> Is there any prospect of doing anything useful with the California Republican Party or our county Republican parties? Candy. Uh, I I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. The San Bernardino GOP is totally corrupt. So the leadership there is, uh, what was the question? Is there anything useful to, to use yes. with them? Uh, yes. N- no, it needs to be. No, it needs to be stripped down. We need to use the good people within that organization to our advantage and work with them because there are a few good people that work there that I know. But the leadership is super corrupt. I mean, what they did this last election was terrible. All the special, all the money went to special interests. In fact, they didn't even have money to 
send out flyers initially, but somehow they came up with some money at the end to send out their GOP recommendations. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Very disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. Eric, any, any, anything we can do usefully with the uh, Republican Party? Yeah, salvage it. Salvage it. The Republican Party of 1854 was founded on good and decent Christian principles. We need to salvage the Republican Party. I mean, there's there's obvious corruption, you know, but but the people in the party itself, you talking, I mean, I don't know where you want to point the finger, point it at any level, but it's there. So we need to we need to, as I said in the beginning of this, we the people need to come together, infiltrate it, salvage it and use the momentum that it once had Mm -hmm. on its proper platform. Mm -hmm. And I know Deborah's saying, I've been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's reached a whole different level. Here are a couple of issues that we will have to overcome. Many of the good conservative Republicans have left the party, Mm -hmm. registered as independent, and they wanted Mm -hmm. the, the entrenched swamp wants to say it's because of Trump. It is not. They've left out of disgust and anger at sort of manipulations that were alluded to earlier in the conversation. And uh, so we've got these independents that can no longer vote for, you know, central committees in the county or and or and uh, elect those delegates to the state party. So we can't take back the leadership unless we get people back engaged. Now, one of the reasons CPOC has been organized as a um, nonpartisan organization, completely autonomous from the party as a 527 political not-for-profit, is that we can have all sorts of people, a broad spectrum of political affiliations involved. Most of them, many of them, are conservatives, but they've gone libertarian or NPP, concerned about their their jobs. I even, one of my very long-term friends, and I'm certainly not going to say who it was, owns a significant business interest in the the county. And he told me the other day, and it's shocking, but wise, that he actually re-registered as a Democrat in order to protect his business interest. So we've got a couple of obstacles that we need to overcome if we're ever going to wretch control of the Republican Party again. And I'm inclined to agree with what Eric said. That's what we need to do, reclaim control of it. But until they... I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but until they get their act together. That'll be a first, Deborah, if you don't say what Mm -hmm. you're thinking. Say it. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I'm a Christian woman, so I'm not. But let's just say this. Uh, (laughs) Until they do, we have to operate outside of them. and. Mm -hmm used to give them money, which is already happening, uh, and, and they know it. And uh, we need to work with those good quality candidates. This was mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier. The candidates, at least for partisan office, become the ex officios. They are actually the driver most often in the party structure. And so the first thing we need to do is elect good quality candidates mm-hmm. that are, um, you know, that are hardworking, that are likable, that are willing, and that are statesmen, servant statesmen, and dispense with all of these candidates that are being thrust upon us that are more self-serving kind of smarmy politicians. Now, the Republican Party is pushing that because those smarmy folks, the ones that are willing to cut the deals in the back room, 
pull in the money and they need money. That's all they care about. We don't care about that. We need to state strongly, boldly over and over again. This is what we care about. We care about truth, justice in the American way. Really? We truly do. We believe in the Constitution. We believe in the rule of law. And what we want are people of character. We want honesty. We want truthful, because when the American public at every level is given the truth, fully given the truth, they usually make the right decision. It's the manipulation of information that causes Mm -hmm. all the trouble. But if we're doing this at the local level where we have the best opportunity to affect change, we build the bench. The Mm grassroots builds the bench for who's going to be elevated. You know, cream will rise to the top, to the next Mm -hmm. level, the assembly, to the congressional seats. That's how we take the party back. We're going to have to be patient. uh, And we're going to have to start educating our young people and bringing them on board. But it's completely doable. It's been done in the past. You know, it's been done in the past. Politics is like a pendulum. It'll swing too far left. It'll swing too far right. Right now, it's it's pretty far left. And so much so that even those on the left are starting to be concerned. Uh, we've attracted many Democrats to the party. Many Democrats have left the party and gone independent also. So that's mm-hmm. a very good sign. Anyway, I've yeah. got nothing more to add to that. Kind of, kind of a little bit foretold where we're going to t- go in our last segment about um, optimism or pessimism in another another article, and we'll see if you guys did your homework in reading that article. Okay, but just before we leave the before we leave the Republican Party, for as long as I've been involved in politics and have any political memory in California, conservatives have been saying we need to take back the Republican Party. So we're looking at you know twenty plus years now, and I'm not sure that we're any closer to accomplishing that. Now, 20 years later than we were, I see Eric, Eric is jumping up and down, wants to say something, and we, and we, we, will, absolutely get, we will absolutely get to you. Um, my friend Don Dix, who passed earlier this year, um, had taken over the Riverside Republican Party, and he was really making progress there, turning it around into something that was effective. But he, uh, he passed away in January of this year, and they went right back to the way they were. They they made no effort to try to, hey, you know, Don was making some good progress here. We need to continue on his good work and keep doing those things. Nope. Right. They, they brought in their former chairman and went right back to the way they were. Um, quickly, quickly, Eric, before we go to break, and then we're going to change topics in our for our last segment. Well, I was going to say what what Deborah was talking about and what you just touched on is is the difference now is is the apathetic nature is changing. Apathy is starting to go away. The community is starting to become engaged. And so the next step here in this is to is to keep us engaged, to keep the community engaged, because we can put all the grassroots politicians in the system as we want and call them Republicans or Democrats. They're going to be in the system and they're going to be corrupted. So the the community engagement is is the next necessary step. So that's what I was going to add. All right. And with that, we let's hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. 
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we wish Happy New Year to everyone. And um, other than, of course, the 18 Senate rhinos who voted for the uh, Democrat spending bill, other than them, we wish everybody a, ha- a Happy New Year. <laughs> Very pleased to uh, have on the on the show this week uh, three great patriots who exemplify the motto of this show. Candy Olson with the San Marino County Patriots, Eric Stalter with the Liberty Lap and the Civil Review Board, and Deborah Pauley with the Conservative Patriots of Orange County. And uh, I won't embarrass you by asking if you did the other part of your homework and read an article by Eric. But they were actually both by Ed Ring with the California Policy Center. And he wrote an article, The Power of Political Optimism. In 21st 21st century America, optimism is subversive. Flaunt it, deny the doomsayers their moment. And um, probably a longer article. He doesn't ignore the, the problems and challenges we face, but thinks that the key to our success is to set forth an optimistic agenda. Uh, Reagan was optimistic. Trump was uh, Trump was optimistic that uh, that, uh, uh, that our best days were ahead of us. And there's a lot to be said for that. But many of our patriots, and you probably have talked to them, are very discouraged. You look at everything we talked about it a little bit in the show, from the open borders to the indoctrination in the government-run schools, dumbing down the children, Democrat control of social media, Democrat control of the mainstream media, the deep state working with all of them to influence elections and suppress freedom of speech. I could go on much longer. So there's a lot of reasons to be to, to uh, doubt that we're going to succeed in saving the country. So what do you guys think? Is Should we be optimistic or pessimistic? going forward. And we'll start with Candy. Well, I see great reason to be optimistic because number one, how can you live with yourself at the end of the day? You're a parent, an individual, and you have to be an example. So um, you have to say you tried. That's number one. You can't just roll over. That's just not how I am. And I don't think that that's the right way that that we should be as community leaders and leaders for in front of your children. And I see a lot of positive things going on. For example, the Twitter files right now. I mean, there is so much going on in the main uh, arena where things are coming apart. Things are raveling open. Um, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that everybody's on board with all of this leftist ideology. They're not. And I think that people need courage to stand up. And um, I've recently partnered with a group called Gays Against Groomers, and they have a very powerful voice because they are gay. And so a lot of parents feel comfortable getting behind them because the fear is that you're going to be called out a bigot, a homophobe, this and that. But if you have people saying, yeah, this isn't right, it's not right to indoctrinate our children. It's not right to expose them to explicit material and and surgeries and chemical castration. That's not right. Leave the kids alone. So 
Um, the community, a lot of good things are actually happening right now, especially with uh, Elon Musk and Twitter and exposing, I mean, just with COVID, with the vaccines, with everything right now, there is so much positive, I mean, that has been coming to light. I don't, and at the end of the day, you can't, you can't live with yourself as a person if you don't try. So what can you tell your children? I just gave up because it looked impossible. That's not the right answer to me. Yep. Eric? Oh, yeah, we're in a revival. It's this is we are this is my opinion. I we are in a revival. So so we have to look at this as an opportunity for us to to succeed. I mean, I, I'm no I've said this before. It sounds kind of cliche now. I've said it too many times. I'm no poster child for the Christian faith. But a few years ago, you know, when certain things happened, it became obvious to me what was going on in our country and and what was happening and who was who was doing it and and here i go again back to the community we're in a revival now leaders need to be leaders we need to be first and foremost servants actually to our community and get people engaged in this process because that that's what's going to take us to the next level. So I did read that article. I thought it was a good article. And I think we need to be very optimistic about the future and what it holds. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be bruises. There's going to be all kinds of stuff Deborah was going to say earlier. But there's there's we're going to get through it because because we're going to find our place in this in this battle, in this fight, in this war. We're going to find our place in it. And we're going to unite. You're seeing it now. You're seeing group leaders, you know, come together and see how one can support the other in in their respective areas. Uh, you're seeing community organizations come together where they can where they can do things inside of communities. So I think that that absolutely we should have have optimism, and absolutely we're in a revival, and absolutely we win. That's my take. Absolutely. There you have it. Absolutely. <laughs> Deborah. See, and that's exactly the bold kind of speech that needs to be made, you know, and that encourages <laughs> other people. We came very, very close by we. I'm talking about the Patriot conservatives uh, taking things back during the Tea Party movement. At that time, uh, there were probably not enough people who were awake. Not woke, but awake. And now we have more people that are awake, and that had to do with really Donald Trump. The Tea Party didn't die, it just morphed into MAGA. Uh, MAGA birthed Trump. It wasn't the other way around. Trump did not birth MAGA. But all we really need is the, the right number of passionate people, committed individuals. And when I talk about passionate and committed and people who've made up an impression and, and, you know, what you said made it sound like it wasn't a lasting impression, but the very first meeting of CPOC, Don Dix, who was very, very ill, as you mentioned in January, 2022, um, came out to our meeting in Orange County. Gina Gleason drove him out here. They were my guest speakers, my first guest speakers, which is kind of a big flip because when I first got involved with Don, when first Don became uh, politically engaged, he was calling me out to speak out in the Inland Empire and encourage people and tell them how it's done. <laughs> then I had to say, Don, I need you to come out and revive us. So working together, we can get some things done. But there is this man, really, in the last 
weeks of his life giving the last measure of his commitment to the country that he loves. And I think we all love the country. I know I do. Um, I'm sure that everyone that's on this panel does. The best thing that I read in that article was that optimism is a weapon. It's a weapon. It's like a sword. And most conservatives are individuals of faith. And that means we are probably the best equipped to wield that weapon like a sword and uh, help fire the passions of those around us so that we can work together. And if it means that I have to drive back out to the Inland Empire or you guys have to come out here back and forth, whatever we need to do to strengthen and embolden each other as we move forward. There are a lot more of us, and Eric spoke to this, than than people know about. Some of them have felt afraid, but when we speak out, it makes them um, bolder themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm not crazy. There are a lot of people who think like I think. Mm -hmm. I have every reason to believe that we are on the cusp of taking the country back. I truly believe that. Agreed. I would, I from from your lips to God's ears, as a as a Jewish friend of my a friend of my friend of mine says. But we can't. But yes, optimism is important. It's important individually to believe that you can succeed at whatever you're trying to do in forming a business, in becoming a lawyer, winning the case, in whatever whatever you know you're trying to be in athletics. Optimism individually is important. Optimism collectively is because if you if you're telling the folk, if you're telling the people, we don't stand a chance. They're going to win. It's going to we're going to have a Democrat party, one party state, and we're going to lose our freedom. But, but, but we'll see you next week for canvassing. Yeah, that's probably you know that's that's probably not a winning message. But we also can't ignore the realities that we face, and we face a number. I mean, we got a little time here. We face a number of key strategic challenges, and we did. And I said this when Donald Trump was elected. We're still losing because. The influx of mass immigration of new Democrat voters, both illegal and illegal immigration. The for every year, four million Americans turn 18, and the vast majority of those have been indoctrinated to hate Republicans and vote Democrat and have no conception of what the country is founded on. And mass indoctrination in in the media. Now we and now we see that the deep state is firmly on the side of the Democrat Party. So. Those are all things, uh, and we don't have 52 seconds left. I think those, every one of those challenges could be met. But optimism is essential, but not enough. And since Deborah since is our first-time guest here, we're going to give her the final 30 seconds of the show. Talk about how you have to deal with reality? Oh, whatever you want to say. Whatever you want to say. Since you're, you're our first-time first guest, you can, you can say whatever you want here for now you've talked to 20 seconds. Uh, optimism, as the article said, optimism and naivety are not the same thing. The message has to be optimistically delivered, but being naive about the problems that we face is no way to win a war. I, I think the whole art of war, Sun Tzu, is a great way to start, and that means we need to learn who our enemies are. We need to dig deep and figure out where their weaknesses are and strike them right there, right in the chest. It's a war. It's a war. Yeah, and you can't win a war until, until your side realizes it is a war. In this case, it's political, economic, and, and cultural.
That is all the time we have this week. I want to thank you so much, one, for all the things you're doing for the cause of keeping our country and keeping our freedom, and second, for being on the show. And we will have you all back, assuming you are willing. And with that, again, Happy New Year to everyone except those rhino Senate Republicans. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to Escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.